Hi, this is Russ Hackman. Coming up next, we're asking an artificial intelligent robot about the best way to manage your money and speculating about whether the holidays are going to bring us good cheer. Plus, a leading analyst says housing prices are due for a fall. And now, the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street from the offices around Boston. Which one is most convenient to you? Downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. This is the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ is the president of the firm Hackman Wealth Partners and a great team there uh, helping navigate you they can to your retirement. Russ, 25 years experience as a financial advisor and the early years, his early years on Wall Street trading desks. So he brings that experience to the show too every week with the market update uh, at the open of the show. And Russ, I will let you have the honors of introducing it that the, the right point, a special guest on the show today. Well, that's right, Dave. We are consulting with ChatGPT, which if people know, that's this artificial intelligence site that has been sort of sweeping the conversation this year. And it's allowing high school and college kids, I guess, to get computers to write <laughs> essays for them. Right. Yeah, but I think right. it's interesting. You know, you've got so much hype around artificial intelligence stocks. And I think a lot of people, you know, including us on this show, I think nobody when nobody really knows how this artificial intelligence is truly going to change our lives. We're taking a shot at uh, speaking with a artificial intelligence based financial advisor that we're called calling Chatty P. <laughs> OK, right? Chatty P so, on the uh, show. A little bit of a hip hop name. I don't know. But Chatty <laughs> P is going to answer our questions and we're going to see how well we think Chatty P is doing as compared to at least what I think. Right. So right. I think that's going to be an interesting right, dialogue. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, and then just kind of getting to our regular weekly discussion of kind of what's going on in the markets. Like the last week, week and a half or so since the last Fed meeting, there has been a considerable sort of an almost uh, violent reversal in this downtrend there was to the markets where the markets, the S&P had been only up around 8% for the year from a high of up 20% for the year back at the end of July. Now it's up around 14%. Now that equal weighted sort of measure of the market, when you strip out the effects of these seven biggest technology stocks like How's the broader stock market doing? It's still kind of meh with being about flat on the year. The bond market and bond funds still down on the year. So now the real question is, though, you know, what is going to happen with inflation? Are we going to have a recession? Uh, the national debt and deficit that's been pushing interest rates around, as I've been talking about. And, you know, there still just remains a ton of uncertainty around that. So you're really getting the market sort of still up one day, down the next. We're going to talk later in this show. We got some information from some leading economists about what they think. We're going to hear what Chatty P thinks <laughs> about uh, the national debt. So that's going to be a little bit interesting. Now, speaking of the national debt, the deficit, again, I think this is can on its surface be like kind of a boring conversation, but I think it is very, very relevant to all of us over the next few years. And, you know, one of the things we try to do here is maybe anticipate the issues of tomorrow, right? 
and you know what they're going to you know what we're going to be talking about a year from now two years from now as far as what's really moving the markets you still don't i think have quite as much conversation about the national debt politically at least now again it's about 1.75 trillion dollars the national deficit this year we're getting up to like 100% of this key metric 100% national debt to the size of our GDP, that's considered historically a key measure of debt being too high. And one of the things I saw, Dave, the other day is just a measure of this is the interest alone on the national debt is now getting to be about a trillion dollars a year, right? It would be like if my debt equaled my salary. Uh, yeah. Or worse, or, actually. Or, or actually several years of sales. Right, so like, right. Yeah. I mean, it's like spending like a drunken sailor on your <laughs> on your credit card, right? Right. So, you know, I think, and, and it is linked to inflation. It is linked to interest rates. It's linked to almost everything in the economy. And it makes me worried that what would normally be a positive, like the Fed maybe starting to cut rates, is still going to be very tricky for the markets. In any event, we definitely have a lot to talk about on this show. Transition to the first opportunity for folks to call in. Come into our office. Get a second opinion on your portfolio. We'll give you a complimentary financial plan, what we would do if we were you in terms of risk, income, tax management, et cetera. Let's offer that, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And to schedule at no cost and no obligation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Meeting at one of the offices around Boston 4, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, New Waltham, 617-674-2000. Coming later in the show, what does AI have to say about managing your money and making it last in retirement? Straight ahead, Hackman Wealth Senior VP, Claire. Here. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, the Wall Street sweepers back on Consumer Advocate Dave Perkins welcoming back into the studio Clear here. Clear is the senior vice president and partner in this firm, Hackman Wealth Partners. And, you know, just like Russ and Jack, working with people in their financial lives, giving them a clear picture of their financial life. Uh, if they're near retirement, working with them, being with them on that journey, too. But not only to, but through retirement. Kind of, if you think of uh, Clear as a retirement partner and it's a different retirement today Claire we we've talked about on this show rules of thumb uh, traditional retirement rules of thumb that may have become some outdated uh, due to many factors including the fact that people are living longer I know that and you're going to incorporate a, a case study into this too but you wanted to focus today on the 6040 portfolio that rule of thumb could you ex could you set that up clear and explain what the 6040 is? Yeah, it used to be that people thought during retirement that there was a simple ratio in terms of your overall retirement investments that you had saved. So the whole idea was, I have a certain amount, you know, amount of investments that I've earned over my life, and those are going to be what I'm going to be using for retirement to meet my budget. And in fact, I I know that if I invest in a particular strategy, and that was you know a combination of equities and bonds. And typically it was 60% in bonds, 40% in equities. If I invest in that particular strategy, then I will have enough money to see me through 
until I pass away. And the idea was you'd take 4% out of that basic strategy. Yet another outdated rule of thumb, right? The 4% right, rule. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The 4% rule. So people really, and I had a client come to me just recently who said, you know, this is how I've been investing. And I feel really comfortable with my portfolio. And I think I've got the right allocation between bonds and equities. And I'm about to take 4%. I think I'll be fine. And I said, well, you know, you really should re-examine that because a lot of things have changed since that strategy was sort of recommended and implemented. So, you know, some of the changes are that, you know, we, again, that was great when we ha- we knew that like the bond market was pretty steady. Mm-hmm. If you invested, you're going to get a coupon that would, you know, pay in a certain number of years, maybe five or 10 years, and you could count on that income. Now, we know with the bond market this year, it's totally different where the rates are so high given that the fact the Fed has had to raise interest rates due to combating inflation mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the bond prices fall. So it's a whole different scenario. And then we see a lot of volatility in the equity market. So that 60-40 strategy doesn't hold as easily as it used to. What are the alternatives? So, you know, we can talk about that. Yeah, that's actually where I was going. And also, too, uh, and you definitely uh, mentioned the, the the changing in the bond uh, landscape, making this somewhat outdated for now. But also the fact that we are living longer, has that somewhat made that outdated? Definitely. And the fact, you know, people used to be, you know, say, OK, my, you know, I think the average male lived to 70 plus years. And so most people said, gee, you know, I don't even have to think about being, you know, living past age 90. But now they're basically saying one in four of 65 year olds today will live past age 90. And then there's a certain percentage of those folks that will live past 95. So, you know, again, that's another if you just decide to retire at 65 and you used to think that, you know, 90 was the top. Now you're adding on like 10 more years to your plan. So you have to come up with money for those 10 more years. So it really is, you know, a challenge to say, okay, let's, you know, project out how long I'm going to live and take this amount of money that I've saved and, you know, do I have enough? Well, and, and so you mentioned uh, alternatives. What are some of the alternatives? Yeah, so right now, um, again, we're not relying so much on, for instance, income from bonds in terms of regular distributions to meet, you know, our financial objectives as we age. Now, again, the stock market historically over time, if you look over the past 100 years, you know, there's every 20 years or so, there's a correction. But if you're 30 years old and you can hold on to that money for, you know, any time from like 50 to 60 more years, you will probably on average get a 7% increase on equities. But if you're approaching retirement and you're 65 and you have had like a downturn in your portfolio, as many people did, especially during 2022, then you really don't have the luxury of time to make up and try to get those accounts invested in equities and get back to where you were. So Mm -hmm. you're saying, gee, I have to find some other alternatives. So you look for investments. We can recommend investments that give you growth, but are also safe for your assets to invest in. So we're looking for sort of less risky assets, safe, principal protected assets that can see you through your retirement. Well, that's what we want. We want to make sure that our money outlives us for sure. Do, do, speaking of longevity, Claire, you talk to so many people. Um, are, do people have a? Do you think people have a real, a realistic grasp of how long they could potentially live? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think people, you know, again, you know, don't. I think people should be worrying about, gee, how long am I going to live? But I think they should really just be focusing more on what savings do I have now. 
you know, is this sufficient to keep me going for, you know, at least 25 more years? And do are they invested properly? And so I think it's more of a combination of, you know, reduce your worries and just make sure that you're preserving the principle that you've saved and make sure that's deployed in a way that it's giving you some growth, but it's giving you that protection, which is very important during those later years. It's funny to me that we have the term longevity risk, but it is a, it is the case that your goal is to just take the risk part of that out and just enjoy the longevity and look forward to it. Right, exactly. And people, you know, again, it's a, a budget is a big concern and a big component of how long your money is going to last. And most people assume, and it, I think it's typical that people retire, they're probably going to spend less. And as they get older, maybe age 80, 85, they get a less, little less mobile. So they'll probably spend even more, you know, less, fewer dollars as they're, they're much older. However, there are a few people that are approaching retirement and they're saying, gee, now I can travel. I have the time to do all these different things I didn't have time for before. I can go out to dinner. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden their budget's going up. <laughs> so that's a whole different um, scenario. But we, we look very closely at someone's budget to make sure, again, that we can meet those expenses every year. And we do adjust things whether or not you know their budget's going up or not. But I can tell you for sure that if your budget continues to increase, you're going to draw down your assets much more quickly and then the tendency to run out of money could actually yeah. um, occur. So it's really important to have that realistic budget in mind. And you know, with our clients, we spend a lot of time with that, really understanding like where where are your expenses coming from. Let's go through all of this and really understand what you spend every month and every year, so that we can accurately determine what type of investments they need to save and how much money they'll need to take out of those investments every year, which is. For, different for everyone. It's certainly not a 4% rule across you know the whole group. It's right. definitely a different number for everybody. Yeah, and it makes sense that you have to factor all of that in, although people may um, certainly understandably want to maintain the same lifestyle when they retire. Uh, they're forgetting that when they first retire, the go-go years, especially those early years, every day is a weekend. So you just have to factor that in <laughs> in the budget that you work with them on. Here's the chance to schedule for the next five, uh, a great opportunity here for a comprehensive review. Yes, and anyone that saved $500,000 or more without real estate factored in, we'd love to meet with you and do a, you know, get together, help you design your own personal financial plan and give you advice on what to do during your retirement. Next five at no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. On the way, Russ is back in the studio. get a clear picture of your financial life every week on this show as they do in the offices of Hackman Wealth Partners, the Wall Street sweeper with Russ Hackman, president of the firm. I'm Dave Perkins. We're introducing a, a special guest to the studio, AI's very own Chatty P. Russ. Uh, how is Chatty P going to contribute to the show today? Well, the way we're going to do it, by the way, Chatty P, like why Chatty P? I well, Ch- Chat GBT is the name <laughs> right. of the app, right? And P is just for planner, I guess. So that's yeah. how I came up with her, you know, sort of hip hop name. I here. like it. And what we're going to do is we're going to pose questions to Chatty P. And then, and you know, I've actually been learning a little bit about AI because, or how at least you can make some of this work because Chat GBT is a text based thing if anyone's tried it out. So you put in a question, you can tell it to answer the question in, 
you know, two paragraphs or two sentences or make it five pages. I think they, you know, the kids, kids are doing that for their papers. Yeah. Now. Write my paper uh, for me. Although it actually, and a friend of mine works at a big college and was saying the colleges are really worried about this and they're, they're emphasizing more like exams and writing that happens during exams. So you can't oral have presentations <laughs> probably and things like that yeah. too. Exactly. So you know, the first question that we're going to ask her is uh, chat chatty P. I'm more learning how to talk to her. <laughs> chatty P, what assets should be in my retirement portfolio? So let's let's hear what she A well-diversified retirement portfolio typically includes a mix of assets such as stocks, bonds, and real estate investment trusts, REITs. Stocks offer long-term growth potential, while bonds provide stability and income, including international investments, can enhance diversification. Consider low-cost index funds or exchange-traded funds, ETFs, to minimize fees and periodically rebalance your portfolio to maintain the desired asset allocation based on your risk tolerance and financial goals. Consulting with a financial advisor can help tailor your portfolio to your specific needs and circumstances. Question for you, Russ. I know that I think I understand that the chat GPT scans the the Internet faster than any human. Uh, but oh, does I that, guess so. Does that mean that any but does that mean that it's always accurate? The answer, I mean, for instance, are you agreeing with chatty P so far? Well, no, that makes for interesting stuff to talk about. And what I was trying to say is I then had to this was a chat, a text based thing. And then you have to find one of these online um sort of verbalizers they're called that basically translate text into some kind of coherent voice i will say you know chatty p you you sound a little robotic yeah i was gonna say a little little a couple more years job security for me maybe (laughs) it's just a little bland Uh, but let's just you know as far as her answer is concerned uh bonds in a portfolio don't like those as we know I'd rather have principal protected investments that we know can't go backwards. We got big bond funds down 20, 30%, you know, in the last, uh, you know, uh, year and a half, two years. International, don't love that either. Uh, That is a, um, this diversification into international is a big myth. Uh, And uh, if you look at, you know, the last 40, 50 years, the U.S. always does better than international investments over any time period. So I believe that U.S. investors should be dollar-based investors. Uh, She talks about index funds. I like that. That's good. Low costs. And she recommends, I mean, she's a little self-serving there. She's recommending the use of of a financial advisor, which is her, I guess, in that case, although maybe it's me. Maybe she meant Russ. Maybe it's my show, so maybe I should thank her for that. I think you should. uh, Let's see. I don't think we're actually going to have time for another question, but we have more coming up in this show. And I think it's fascinating, and we may make this a little bit of a recurring thing because you'll see that some of the answers uh, that she gives are actually pretty good. I thought this first one was kind of – and it's a little bit of like uh, investing 101, a little like big box firms, like give me some yeah. REITs, give me some bonds, give me some, you know, and, and, you know, I didn't hear about principal protected investments. I didn't hear much about income. And that's pretty much what you get from the big box firms. So uh, another opportunity to invite people to come in, come in and see us to see what's different about an independent financial advisor. And that is truly looking at not at sort of what the big box firm says is the conventional wisdom, but really a changing world here that we're living in. So come on in for a second opinion. Next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement, Dave. 
and to schedule 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Coming up, a discussion with Chatty P about whether you can trust fiduciaries. into Q&A, and we're going to do it a little differently. I'll tell you in a second here. It's the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. Uh, Russ, a confession. Uh, you've been working now uh, over a year with the r- robot Dave. I was replaced. Uh, human Dave was replaced by AI five years ago. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I know you. I know your boss, Dave, so no wonder he's making so much money. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm about that. Well, no, actually, this is fun. This is pretty cool. Russ has introduced chat gpt to the show in the form of chatty p and we're hearing from chatty p weighing in on retirement strategies actually uh this is something different russ normally answers the questions from listeners chatty p has the honors this time in other words chat gpt now if you'd like to submit your question to russ that's easy hackmanwealth.com click the radio tab okay chatty p here's uh first question from Catherine. now i've heard on the show you talking about fees and underperformance how can i figure out if the fees and performance of my retirement portfolio are in line with what they should be. To assess your retirement portfolio's fees and performance, compare them to industry benchmarks and similar funds. Look for expense ratios below 1% for actively managed funds and below 0.5% for index funds. Additionally, evaluate performance against relevant market indices, considering long-term returns and consistency. If your portfolio consistently underperforms benchmarks or has high fees, consider rebalancing or switching to lower-cost alternatives to optimize your retirement savings. Let's hear from the human, Russ Hackman. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I think she brings up some some uh, good points. You know, first of all, you know, f- almost everyone has funds in their portfolio, and well, she's saying, hey, those those funds should have fees below one percent uh, in actively managed funds, and and below half a percent for index funds. And I agree with that. I really, for the most part, think that actively managed funds are not necessary. So, the, essentially, what I'm saying, it more simply, is. There really shouldn't be any funds in your portfolio that have fees of more than, I think, a quarter of a percent. Now, it can be hard to actually know what you're paying. Now, most people are paying fees inside their funds, plus they're paying an advisor fee. And I tell you, when I look at statements with people like, they make it almost impossible to find those fees. So, uh, but I think the best point that our friend Chatty P here is making is, you know, look at how you're doing compared to benchmarks. Again, that's pretty hard to do on your own. When folks come in to see us, we do what's called a portfolio X-ray. Now, think about this: like, look at your look at your um, statements that you get. You would think that your advisor would compare themselves to industry benchmarks, but they don't, and there's a reason for that, right? So. You got to come in and see us or otherwise have some pretty uh, sophisticated analytical software in order to really know what you're paying. The three layers of fees that we talk about, the explicit fees you're paying, the fund level fees and the underperformance. That is one of the biggest 
things that I see in terms of ways to improve your situation. Um, and, uh, all part of uh, what happens when you come in to see us. We got time for another quick question, Dave. Let's roll. All right, Chatty P uh, doing the honors today, powered by ChatGPT. Is there anything I can do to reduce taxes on my retirement assets, for example, on my IRAs? Yes, you can reduce taxes on your retirement assets by contributing to a Roth IRA, which allows tax-free withdrawals in retirement. Additionally, consider maximizing contributions to traditional IRAs or 401k accounts, which may lower your taxable income. Diversifying your investments and consulting a financial advisor can also help optimize your tax efficiency in retirement planning. What do you think? You know, not bad. Okay. Uh, Roth accounts. (laughs) You really do need a a financial advisor, independent financial advisor who's good at tax planning to help you really kind of put together a tax reduction plan. And we like doing that uh, in our complimentary consultations. Uh, She talks about Roths. uh, She talks about using tax deferral at the right time. Pretty good suggestions. And so, you know, you can begin to think, okay, this chat GPT, if we're trying to learn about it, seems like a useful tool. But again, I wouldn't like go to the doctor and have chat GPT like diagnose me. Right. Right. You know, it might be like 90 percent. Right. But the other 10 percent, I like that human being. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So if you want to talk with a human being, do come in and see us. It is complimentary. It's not pushy. Uh, Love to look at portfolios, love to talk to people about their dreams, aspirations, what keeps you up at night uh, as well. Uh, and uh, let's provide that opportunity, Dave, to the next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. What does AI tell us about fiduciaries and planning for long-term income? That's straight ahead. Street Sweeper, and we're back into the conversation with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. Russ, Claire, Jack, and the team, their goal is to help you get a clear picture of your financial life. They're all human beings. They get to know you so that they can custom plan with you. Not to say that technology doesn't provide some really good tools in retirement planning. And Russ, we're going to continue with Chatty P. Chatty P is joining in on the show today. It's Chat GPT Answers uh, to some of the big retirement questions. I think it's going well so far. I think you've given Chatty P a, a decent grade so far, Russ. Although, yeah, she, she's done all right. I will say that, you know, yeah, her voice is really bland. I mean, it I, is. I mean, I think if you were, if you were, you know, trying to have a conversation with her, or a cocktail with her, I think you'd be, you know, looking around <laughs> for other company. Thinking about taking soon. her out on a date or something? <laughs> oh, you know, man. There's that movie, right? Uh, her? Did you ever see that movie? No, is Where, it an uh, AI? Like- yeah, Joaquin Phoenix that is, there's like an advanced AI in his phone that he actually... He, you know, he's a little bit of a, you know, a nerd, shall we say. Okay. And he falls in love <laughs> with the voice in his phone. Seriously, oh, man. That, that is like a true AI. So. Well, you know, that's the future. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I guess people, uh, I mean, if you think about how much we spend with, with our phones in our hand, you would think we love them. Well, we do. We panic when they're missing, when we can't find them. All right. We've got another question for Chatty P. Here it is. Uh, It's a great question here. What does it mean if my advisor is a fiduciary? 
If your advisor is a fiduciary, it means they are legally obligated to act in your best interest, prioritizing your financial well-being over their own profits or commissions. Fiduciary advisors must provide you with advice and recommendations that are solely aimed at maximizing your financial goals and interests. This designation ensures a higher standard of trust and integrity in the advisor-client relationship. A pretty good definition there, you think? Well, kind of. Okay. And, and uh, so there's an article on our website at hackmanwealth.com, and I wrote an article in Forbes a few years ago about this whole fiduciary thing. And part of what she said there is inaccurate. Uh, and so the, the main thing she said is that that person needs to put your interests basically ahead of their own compensation. And I tell you, that is not true. And so if you, if you learn more, if you see this, um, if you read this article online, but let me give you an example. Basically, a fiduci- having a fiduciary relationship means that I have fees that rise and fall with the value of your money. That's what it really means. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if I'm charging you 1% of your assets and then your assets go up 10%, then you know I'm making 10% more. And if they go down 10%, right? I'm making 10% less. That's, you know, the element of a fiduciary, which is accurate. But let's say I charge you more. Let's say I charge you a percent and a quarter or a percent and a half. And let's say I put you into actively managed mutual funds, which I'm telling you is not in your best interest because they underperform the market. And the reason I'm really doing that is because those actively managed mutual funds pay a kickback to my firm. Right. That is what happens. I'm saying it like me, but that is Mm -hmm. what happens at basically every single big box firm. They're getting kickbacks from the mutual funds that are in your portfolio. Why is this legal? Even though they're fiduciaries, well, their technology fees, their platform fees, you know, in in certain neighborhoods, they call those what they are, which is kickbacks. So. And also, if I'm charging you too much, percent and a quarter, percent and a half, I met a lot of people, even those fees are more than their advisor told them. That means, yeah, the advisor's compensation rises and falls with the value of portfolio. Well, that's good, but the fee is too much. That's not good, right? Mm -hmm. So the definition and... So Wall Street has, and what I have in this article that that's on the website is Wall Street has started to use the word fiduciary as sort of get out of jail free card. Yeah. Like, hey, I got there's nothing there's nothing possibly that you could question about what I'm doing, and that's just not right. Uh, and there are conflicts of interest that remain with fiduciaries. Now, the way we do it is. I can't say anyone's a hundred percent free from conflicts interest, but is is sure a heck of a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in any event, let's let's hit the next one here, uh, Dave. All right, uh, from uh, Chat GPT. Here is your next question. I like that. I'm interested in your take on Chat Chatty uh, P's answer. How can I invest part of my retirement savings to generate a guaranteed stream of cash flow? To generate a guaranteed stream of cash flow from your retirement savings, consider annuities or bonds. Annuities are insurance products that offer regular payments for life or a specific period, providing a steady income stream. 
government or corporate bonds can also provide regular interest payments, offering stability and a predictable cash flow. Consult a financial advisor to determine the best option based on your financial goals and risk tolerance. Hmm. Okay. Pretty well, good. I mean, she's 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 also she's had Chat GPT's lawyers always say at the end, like you know, consult a professional, consult a professional. Right. They, that is true. That that is good. Everyone should get some advice, whether it's for your your car, or for your health, or for your finances. Everyone should get some help with mm -hmm. those. Um, but you know, again, okay, and 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 I think a pretty good answer for folks who. Uh, where making your money last is a concern. And for me, that means almost anyone with less than a couple million dollars, the idea or a million and a half or less than a million, like, again, these are big numbers, I know, but we're living in the Northeast here, right? So right. Uh, it's expensive. And if you're in your 60s and you're you're more in the sort of sub one million or million to a million and a half range, then it's not a foregone conclusion that your money is going to last. And annuities can provide a stream of income that you can't outlive. Now, we've talked about how annuities can have this mixed reputation. And the reason is there's some great annuity products and there's some horrible ones. Now, the same thing is true with mutual funds, frankly. There's great ones and horrible ones. So, obviously, you have to look at the right ones. But the idea of how can I get something besides Social Security that is guaranteed to pay me for the rest of my life and that has reasonable fees? Well, that's a pretty good idea to check out. And for folks that aren't worried about their money lasting, certain kinds of annuities can provide principal-protected growth. And we're not really advocating bonds for income, and that's a longer story. A time to transition uh, to our next opportunity for folks to come in and see us. Get a complimentary consultation. We'll give you the non-robotic second opinion mm. on your portfolio and where you stand. Let's offer that, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. It's a comprehensive review, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, is a recession coming? We'll hear from some leading experts. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street and the clutter, potential possible clutter in your financial lives. That's part of the process in helping guide you to retirement with a team at Hackman Wealth Partners. It's the Wall Street Sweeper, and Russ Hackman is president of this firm. Uh, we've had fun with Chat GPT, uh, Chatty P, I should say, and she's going to weigh in again on the show. But first, uh, we're going to hear from some real live human uh, financial experts in this segment, Russ, and talk about are we heading to a recession? and what people should consider who are in the financial red zone. Let's just start with Campbell Harvey, professor of finance at Duke University, joining Squawk Box and discussing the Fed's inflation fight and providing some historical context to offer perspective uh, regarding the economic forecast for the year ahead. Recession at this point is a self-inflicted wound. If you look at what's happening, the tightening is very severe and it's not just a short rate going up so quickly. It's the long rate too. Uninversions happen before 
recessions, the last four recessions. But in this particular episode, the long rate has gone up and the long rate is very damaging. It increases the cost of capital, makes it difficult for businesses to invest. It craters the housing market with mortgages at 8%. This causes implications and indeed our financial system. So our banks are taking a hit right now. All of this points to weakness in 2024. Uh Uh-oh, your thoughts, Russ Hackman? (laughs) I mean, first of all, you just have to laugh at how these professors talk, right? <laughs> you know, like, I kind of picture definitely the patches on the sleeves. I know. Those or the elbows. And, maybe yeah. some wild and crazy hair, right? <laughs> right. I mean, right. yeah. You know, I mean, and this this is what's so interesting about inflation and, and economic cycles and, and you know, just food for thought as we think about kind of where we're going. Yeah, I mean, yes, the Fed has been raising rates to slow down the economy, which historically is the way you bring inflation down, right? Now, and what that is then leading to is, okay, if the Fed, if inflation is coming down, which it is, and if it eventually gets under control, which we hope it does, then that then leads to, okay, is the inflation, is the economy slowing down enough to bring inflation down? Now, when does that become a problem? Because they wait, the inflation, the, the sorry, the economy's slowing down. That's not a that's not a good thing, mm, right? I mean, right. generally speaking, it's like, whoa, wait, yeah. And the Fed really is kind of saying we want to see unemployment rise, which doesn't sound good because that means someone you know may lose their job, right? So, you know, and I think, um, you know, what's the point of all of this? Because we're not here to get sort of lost in you know the economic discussion morass. But it really is is kind of saying if I'm trying to figure out the path ahead, now ordinarily, if the Fed's cutting rates, you know, that's going to be a good thing for the market. And I, I personally would like to hope that the equity market has a couple good years ahead. Yeah. But, you know, if we're going to get a recession as a result of this hike in rates and if if it's going to be harder than you might think to bring inflation down, primarily because of the size of the federal deficit, then that's what worries me about sort of the typical cycle here, right? So we also have some input from uh, Jeremy Siegel, right, uh, Dave? Yeah. It, uh, it is going to talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, kind of his picture. This guy is super well-known, probably a little better than our previous kind of uh, elbow patch guy. So <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear what he has to say. I, I was looking at the deal. We're, you know, we're 10% off the low. We just entered correction territory uh, for the S&P. We did it a few days earlier for NASDAQ. We're 15% off of that October low of last year. And I went back 50 years. And if that October low holds, which I very strongly believe that it will, returns in the market over the next one, two, five, 10 years are very, very good. In other words, if you can invest 50 percent off of a bear market low, which is what we had a year ago, your subsequent returns have exceeded the market by quite a margin. A little more optimistic. Which camp are you in, the Harvey or Siegel camp, Russ? Well, he's also got that kind of dreamy but, but, professor voice. And I mean, I've read him a lot, but I don't, know if I've, <laughs> I don't know if I've heard his voice before. But yeah, what he's saying is, hey, like, October of 22, if people remember last year, that was when the markets were really getting hammered. And then they kind of bounced into the close for the year down like 20% on the year. What he's saying is, hey, if that was truly the low 
And we've had obviously some big ups and big downs since then. That maybe the future is bright for equities. And I think he's saying, looking at history, it probably is. And I think, you know, history does point to if interest rates start falling, that things should be better for the equity markets ahead. Now, to me, that does not mean that, like, let's get relaxed and have 70%, 60%, 70 or 80% in, of my portfolio in stocks, right? I continue to think that that is a bad idea for almost everybody, no matter how much money you have, is to have more of your more than half of your money in stocks. There is, if you look at these her, Cat 5 hurricanes, which come come by every 5 to 20 years, let's say, they always come completely out of left field. And if I think if you look at the environment right now, there is the real potential of a crisis around our national debt. So we got a lot of wild cards out there. You know, we're hopeful that what's going on in the Middle East and the Ukraine is not really impacting our economies too much. You know, but you get, you know, China going crazy on Taiwan or something. It's these wild cards that really whack the market. And so while we want to be hopeful the Fed will start cutting rates and stocks will do well. We always want to keep our risk under control. And let's be mindful that even if the Fed starts cutting rates, we're still going to be making 4 or 5% in CDs and T-bills. You know, that's mighty good. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And, you know, Prince, we were talking about annuities uh, uh, in in a uh, earlier segment uh, in passing, but, you um, you know, there's annuities out there that have principal protected growth. You know, obviously you rely on the strength of the insurance company, but where you can have index linked upside that may be up to 10, 11, 12% a year. Again, not guaranteed, but you can have stock market upside with limited downside risk. And um, you know, that's you know, that's something that's appealing. There's non-annuity products that have those kinds of uh, profiles as well. So Let's have our stock market exposure, but let's have our safe money. And if income is important, let's have everything generating income. That, to me, is the way you put together a good portfolio. Let's transition to the next opportunity for folks to call in. Come in and see us. We'll tell you, hey, if we were the captain of your ship and saying, here's what needs to be changed. Here's how you do it. Here's how you look at what your projections are for the next 30 years how you can be sure that when you're 95 or as sure as possible that you have money in retirement, how you can manage your taxes. Let's offer that, Dave, to the next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Is housing the next shoe to drop in these markets? That's coming up. Helping you get a clear picture of your financial life and on your journey to retirement, it's the Wall Street sweeper, Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. Dave Perkins here in our weekly conversation with Russ and partners Jack Young and Claire here join in on the show as well. A leading analyst was talking that housing could be the next shoe to drop. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and I think this this is sort of the kind of thing that makes chills go down your spine. Because it, it the does. one thing that's kind of hung in there for most of us is the value of our houses, or right. even done well, depending on where you live. We remember 08. 
Right, exactly. And so I was reading this article about uh, Meredith Whitney. She's a very well-known money manager uh, and economist. And she's basically saying, hey, we're due for some dramatic changes in uh, the housing market. Two reasons. One is interest rates being so high. Now that really, you know, mortgage rates have been seven, eight percent, right, for the last year plus. However, um, and that really hasn't caused housing to go down yet, at least. But what she's saying longer term and the biggest, bigger issue for her is, hey, there is what she calls this silver tsunami or silver hurricane of baby boomers who are going to start downsizing. She's saying, hey, the AARP is saying that 51% of people over the age of 50, and that so people over the age of 50 own more than 70% of U.S. homes. Yeah. Hey, these people, as they get older, are going to want to downsize, and that could bring upwards of 30 million units of housing onto the market. Wow. So a major change in sort of supply. Who knows if that's true or not, but it it has been a bit of a mystery why housing has remained so strong. And those of us who have been around long enough, which I think you know includes almost everyone listening right now, you know that, you know, the real estate booms, they just don't last forever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, we're not we're not here to be afraid of everything in the world. <laughs> and it, sometimes it sounds like, you know, I'm just I'm just poking at things to worry about. But, you know, our got to stay on is, top of uh, it. You know? Remember the old uh, chairman of Intel used to say he was massively successful guy, Andy Grove. And his quote was only the paranoid survive. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah. Right. It is so, good. You know, very successful. It means I'll guy, live a long look, time. <laughs> yeah. Look over your shoulder. Right. So anyway, a final opportunity to transition. Thanks everyone for listening. A final opportunity for folks to call in, talk about, you know, the what ifs and it's about planning for the what ifs could go wrong, but planning also for the what ifs could go right. We do these in our complimentary consultations and second opinions. Next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And you'll be meeting in one of the four offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and in Waltham. 617-674-2000 to schedule. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. As always, a fun show, very informational, and we're back next week to do it all over again with Russ Hackman and the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman, Claire Hare, and Jack Young are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, a registered investment advisor, and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, Jack Young, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Indexed or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investment 
investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, or surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of commission and or other compensation, such as a percentage of the organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A Item 4, for additional information.